we'll keep on here from manufacturing leaders. I'm here with Rob Hanfield, Senior Professor of Supply Chain at North Carolina State. Um, Rob, great to great to have you on board. Thank you, Paul. It's a pleasure to be here and, and speaking with you. Awesome. And we can just jump straight into it. Um, just, just to start with, tell manufacturing leaders a little bit about yourself and, and your journey to becoming a supply chain expert. Well, uh, you know, I sort of fell into it, actually. I, I was a statistician uh, originally as an undergraduate, and uh, I ran my own business for several years uh, as a painting contractor, actually, and then uh, eventually got, you know, went to graduate school and started studying operations research at a business school, but quickly got interested in, in uh, procurement and supply chain. And... Uh, became more of an empiricist as opposed to a sort of a quant type and, and studied 50 factories. And, and during the course of that discovered, you know, I really had a passion for working with industry, uh, in particular, uh, people in the procurement and logistics function and, uh, sort of made a career out of that. And, and that's, uh, that, that was, a, it's been an exciting journey, certainly. Excellent. And, and what compelled you to really, um, you know, work at, uh, in, in the current role you are now at NC State? Well, you know, after graduating uh, with my doctorate, I went to Michigan State uh, for about eight years. And during that period, really had an opportunity to learn a lot from the best. We worked with a group called the uh, Global Manufacturing um, Electronic Benchmarking Network. And it had there was an opportunity to really work with some of the best companies in the world, the Toyotas, uh, you know, the, the Chryslers at the time, the Motorola, uh, some of the real leaders, including uh, you know Gene Richter at IBM and, and others. Uh, and and uh, you know one of the biggest gaps I saw as a result of that period was that there was a real shortfall in the amount of talent, and and that led to when I came to NC State. They really gave me a blank slate, and, and I was able to create something called a supply chain resource cooperative. And, and the idea behind it is, is quite simple. It's, it's um, really the idea behind the business school should be more like a medical school, as Peter Drucker once said. And, and the uh, physician and the student should work on the patient. And that's exactly what we did is we created a forum for students and faculty to work directly with companies on supply chain problems and learn by doing. And, and that was really the genesis uh, for that idea, which which has expanded to where we are today with over 20, 20 corporate partners and you know hundreds of, if not thousands of students have, have gone through our program here as well. Congratulations, and, and what really occupies your mind on a day-to-day -day basis, Rob? You know, I, I'm, I'm one of these people that, that, that never stops learning, and so for me, there's always new problems and new challenges uh, in manufacturing and supply chain that that really preoccupy me. So, you know, currently we're doing work on on blockchain. So I'm, I'm constantly reading about what's going on in terms of, of analytics and blockchain. Um, you know, I'm learning new things about the intelligence community and, and some of the methods they use. We're working on labor human rights. We're working on, you know, all kinds of interesting things. So I I'm sort of like I sort of stumble into into things that interest me and 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 delve into them for a while and and write about them and write blogs and 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 that's what I do every day is is that's what's so exciting about this work is you're constantly learning about new things and new trends and new mm -hmm. issues. 
Perfect, and and we can definitely um, you know move on to you know, your your area of expertise, which is supply chain management. Um, what are some of the major successes that you've achieved in that field over your career? Well, you know, I, I certainly have amassed a you know a huge number of uh, publications, which you know that's one measure of success. Um, I've written probably eight or ten books uh, on the subject, which you know I think have have had an impact on the field, both from a pedagogical and a, and a practice perspective. But, you know, I think the biggest successes, the most rewarding successes for me are, are to see a whole generation of students um, that I've had the opportunity to teach that have really gone on to incredibly successful careers all over the world, you know, out of Michigan State, out of North Carolina State. And uh, I, I really enjoy hearing from them, learning what they're doing, following their careers, and uh, for me, that's a big success. Is is the impact I've had on individuals uh, that that I've I've had the the uh, good fortune to to work with uh, during my career. Perfect, and and with the the rise of digital data, um, you know, deep learning analytics in, in manufacturing, it's, it's the the rise has been rapid in recent years. I mean, how has this changed long established business practices and interactions? You know, I I think that. Um, you know, business interactions, we're seeing some interesting trends. I think, you know, there's a whole age of social media and you're seeing young people that now are, you know, much more connected through social media than they are with uh, with actually working and, 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 and collaborating and working with individuals. And that's one of the things that, you know, we really emphasize is, is every one of our students does a capstone project where they have to run a meeting they have to have an agenda they have to present in front of others and for many of them it's it's actually the first time they've ever done this in their entire life and mm -hmm. and they don't know how to do it and so we really force them to have to learn how to interact socially with with people in a in a business context and a business environment uh what to do what not to do you know how to handle a conference call there's so many things that that i think young people especially need to learn and and learning it by through a project is is really the best way to do that in my experience at least and with this new digital force omnipresent um in manufacturing how do you see technology's role developing and where do you think it could end up you know i i think we are starting to see um an opportunity to really merge analytics and virtual collaboration in ways that we've never imagined. Um, you know, in, in my new book, The Living Supply Chain, we talk about this as a, uh, as a way to start to, you know, collaborate virtually where, where people can, can be looking at the same data in real time, uh, interpreting that information, using it to make decisions and, and communicating with one another you know, through Skype, through social media, through and so forth. And I think that will, you know, continually be enhanced to the point where, you know, with driverless vehicles, you'll, you know, you'll be able to spend time, um, you know, communicating virtually with people, you know, while you're traveling. I mean, there'll be, there'll, there'll be so many different things that will happen in the years ahead through the combination of, of mobilization, uh, cloud computing, uh, digital technology, and, and certainly distributed computing as well. So, so I think it's all going to change very quickly as as these technologies start to emerge.
And yeah, with the, um, how do you think that could optimize the end-to-end process of the supply chain? Well, I think in many supply chains today, and, and people think that, you know, these supply chains of these big companies are highly efficient, uh, you know, have lean inventory, uh, are, are there's perfect transparency, everyone's on the same performance metrics, they all have data. Uh, the, the, the answer is, is nothing of the sort, really. And, and when you start to work with these big companies, you see how disconnected they are and, um, and how really the mindset has also uh, really, it's really lagging. It's not a collaborative environment. And, and even in procurement, you know, I've been in procurement for 30 years and we still see procurement people that are going after suppliers to reduce their costs. And, and you know, the, some of the research I've done shows that actually those companies that collaborate, there is definitely in the longer term a, a better performance outcome in terms of shareholder return, uh, and and it's it requires you know people basically to get together to sit in a room and to address uh, and problem solve issues that will not only drive savings, will drive revenue, will drive innovation. Uh, it's not just you know it's not just a warm fuzzy. It's 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 an attitude. It's a culture. It's a way of thinking that I think has yet to really pervade a lot of the. Uh, supply chain managers views uh, in most of the companies, ninety percent of the companies today. Yeah, we we can we talk a lot about new trends in technology and you know, getting more insights from data and turning those insights into action. But where do you you see the biggest opportunity for improvement within this uh, the supply chain profession at this point? Well, I think the thing that we're seeing is yeah, there's there's massive amounts of data. I mean, I've heard a statistic. You know, most of the data that's been produced in the last, uh, you know, three years, 90% of the data has been produced within that time period, within the last two to three years. And and there's a proliferation of data. What there isn't is um, a very good sense of the governance of that data. So a recent study we did showed that data governance is lacking. The, the data quality, the data integrity, the data consistency is is very low which which renders it you know almost uh well less than optimal let's put it that way if you don't trust your data you you can't really use it to drive analytics you need good data to drive analytics and that's a major problem in in many companies today most of them again so i think data governance and and which is basically a systematic way of collecting organizing and enriching your data is is fundamental to all of this um the second piece i think is you know having people who know how to interpret data that's really lacking a lot of the we don't see people you know they'll they'll go through the motions they'll create a powerpoint but you ask them to interpret well, what does that mean or what what are the implications of that and and there's there's crickets you know it's it they don't know so so this this ability to interpret data um, to look at it in different ways and to come up with insight that's really an important element I think that that we need to really develop within many of the people in our, our organizations today yeah and on that note what advice do you have for um, 
for supply chain leaders who are looking in these bigger companies where it is harder to to get engagement and, and you say that the uh, the commitment isn't there i mean what, what advice can you give to these these individuals who want to you know make these these great changes well i i think um my first advice would be you know prepare yourself for a, a journey uh it takes time uh you know it, it is more about change management than it is about you know, going in and, and, you know, cutting a bunch of heads and, 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 mm-hmm. and making some dramatic changes. It's going to take time. And I think we see organizations that have uh, chief supply chain officers and, and chief production officers that have a longer tenure, you know, will have an impact because ultimately it's about changing the culture of the environment in a way that, um, you know, people begin to, to be aligned. There, there's a concept in my book that we call, you know, uh, federated supply chains and a federated supply chain is where you have everyone uh, pointed in the same direction everyone understands the goal the vision it's customer focused uh, there's there's a perception of fairness there's integrity uh, and and everyone is is aligned along those common principles that takes a lot of time uh, and it also you know it, it, trust is really something that's built over time it's a series of small promises kept and so it, it does take time for that reason. And and I would say, you know, prepare. If you really want to drive change, it's going to take some time and you need to prepare for that. Rob, you've worked with a lot of really great companies. Um, tell me about a time where you affected organizational change. Um, you know, we, we had a great opportunity to do that at a company called Biogen IDEC a few years ago. Uh, I was able to sort of insert myself into that organization for a little over a year. Um, we had students working with them. And, and during that period, um, you know, we really, we really helped to educate and not just educate, but, but to drive change in the organization um, by really understanding, you know, the, the essentials of, of, of how data could be used to really drive change. And, and one of the big pervasive organizational changes there was the understanding that if you have good data, if you are able to demonstrate what's happening in your supply chain through performance metrics, you can influence others. You can un- influence technical people. You can influence clinicians. You can influence financial officers. But you need the data, and, and data is the essence for driving change. And so I think when I, after I left there, I felt like there had been a shift in the culture in terms of how people uh, had gained respect for that supply chain organization. Uh, they were no longer, you know, fools. They were they were credible. Uh, they were data focused, and and they they had really developed a huge amount of respect. The people in there were not burnt out. They weren't working 14-hour days. They could leave at five o'clock, and and uh, and they were happier. So that was a lot of fun. Perfect. And um, yeah, I, I guess, you know, you're arguably one of the biggest experts on supply chain in North America. I mean, how do you manage to, to stay so ahead of everyone? Uh, you know, I like I said, I just keep learning. I think you have to stay humble and you have to um, you have to learn. You know, I, 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 I wherever I go, I I learn to listen and you 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 define you, you develop a capability for listening um, I'm, I'm one of these people who, to really be an effective listener, I have to write it down as well. So when I, when I, 
you know, meet people. I, I take notes. I write them down. I go back later and review them. Uh, and, and I start to put together, you know, trends and patterns and pieces of uh, bits of data. Uh, and they sort of, you know, create a jigsaw puzzle and it all starts to become clear to me. Um, I think that's a unique capability that, you know, I have. And uh, I learned it really through some of the people I worked with around at Michigan State around really helping to to, to understand what's happening in, in, mm -hmm. in the world and, and, and learning from, from executives. I think we can learn a lot from executives and uh, I think they can learn from us academics as well. On your journey to becoming a manufacturing leader, what was the, the one thing you felt was, was holding you back? You know, I, I, feel, I feel like, um, you know, at, at times uh, I didn't have enough hours in the day. <laughs> You know, I feel like, gosh, there's always so much more I could do if I had more time. Um, you know, I think there's things that hold you back, like your family. You know, I've got I've got two beautiful kids, and and uh, but I, I never regret being held back by them, uh, and and my wife as well. I think you know it's really important to keep that balance, uh, but yeah, work life balance, and and you know especially for your family, uh, to be there for them. So. So yes, they held me back, but you know, I, I'm, I'm grateful that they did. Rob, what was the, the best piece of advice you ever received? So I think the, the best piece of advice came from um, my dissertation chair, a guy by the name of Ronald Panisi, who's uh, since retired. But he, um, you know, at the time I was working on operations research, some very sort of theoretical academic types of problems. Um, and he sat me down one day and he said, you know, Hanfield, you really need to um, you, you really need to, you know, become more more relevant uh, and and you need to understand what the real problems are out there in the real world. You need to get out in some factories, interview some some manufacturing managers, uh, visit some some production lines. There are so many problems out there that need help. And, uh, you know, you're one of the people who can go out there and help others solve some of these problems but you need to immerse yourself in that and that was the best advice he gave me and it, it really led to a, a fantastic career uh once i followed that advice i think if i had stuck with you know i would have been a mediocre operations research uh academic and probably wouldn't have had much impact on the field as well perfect and and during your your you know your journey to becoming a supply chain leader what was your most influential book and, and why is that? Oh gosh, you know, I, I think um, I think one of the books that really stands out in my mind was uh, there, there's a book called Learning to See and, and, it, and it talks about, you know, business process mapping. And, um, you know, I think the, this ability to, to look at, you know, um, a, a, any kind of business as a series of processes was really fundamental to helping me, you know, envision how how businesses work or how supply chains operate, and and also to uh, to really adopt a process view of the world. You know, I think you know all of the the TQM stuff by by Deming, you know, uh, Crosby. That stuff had a huge influence on me as well. Um, more recently, you know, I've been reading some interesting stuff. Um, by you know Gary Gasparov, who, who talks about uh, Big Blue and, and and how you know computers think 
um, you know, there's been uh, some interesting book, a really interesting book that helped shape my new book, The Living Supply Chain. Um, you know, uh, it talks about the Serengeti rules and the Serengeti rules. It's written by a naturalist and it, it really talks about the laws of the Serengeti. And we took those and really applied them to supply chains. So several of those, I think, have been really influential in, in shaping my thinking. Uh, what is your favorite quote and how do you put that into practice? Um, you know, I, my favorite quote, I think, is uh, never stop learning. And uh, I, I think, you know, it was my dissertation advisor, Ron Panese, that told me that. And, uh, uh, you know, I, I've, I've taken that to heart. I, I never stop learning. I'm constantly reading and, and learning about what's what's happening out there. Perfect. So just the, the last couple of questions now. Um what do you think is the secret sauce for optimizing supply chain operations? You know, I, I think um, I think the three things today in today's environment, you know, is uh, visibility. You know, being able to to see what's happening in your supply chain uh, and using technology to enable greater visibility uh, in real time. Uh, the second piece is what I would call velocity velocity of assets, velocity of decision-making, uh, velocity of information, uh, you, know, you know, being able to move material through your supply chain is, is fundamental. If you can do things quickly, you're, you're, going, you're going to make uh, an improvement. And, and the third piece is, is really, I would call procurement sales integration. Uh, I think procurement and sales have been at, at odds for so long, uh, they, they continue you know, to kind of fight one another. They're really two sides of the same coin. And and I think if they came together and, and really tried to drive, you know, innovative approaches for taking out cost, for improving service, for, for building customer focus, uh, and, and opened up their books and, and had honest discussions with one another, uh, they would they would be unbeatable. You know, and, and that ha that's mm -hmm. not happening. We're still seeing it's too one sided. Um, you know, buyers are beating up sellers. Sellers are withholding information. Uh, it, it, both sides really need to, to think differently about how how they sell and how they buy from one another. Uh, last question: What advice would you give to new and aspiring supply chain leaders? You know, I, I think with with young people, especially new leaders, is um, be humble, be smart. Um, you know, learn you know educate yourself uh, on and develop analytical skills and uh you know don't expect you know that that piece about being humble and and, and you know showing up being being prompt um you know being able to develop those soft skills to work with others and always listening and 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 not pretending to be the smartest person in the room but but really trying to trying to be humble about what you're you're saying and how you learn from others will get you very, very far in this world. Uh, Rob Hanfield, Senior Professor of Supply Chain at North Carolina State and author of The Living Supply Chain. Uh, Rob, uh, final comment is yours. Yeah, th well, thank you again. I've really enjoyed this. And, uh, you know, I, I think I think when we, we think about what's happening today in, in today's environment, it's, it's very, very exciting. And, um, you know, I, I would urge people, if you're interested in learning more about what's happening in 
uh, in our view of, of how supply chains are evolving, read The Living Supply Chain. It's a, it's a little bit of a kind of a flaky book. It's not a typical supply chain book, but I think, uh, I think you'll enjoy it if, if you've enjoyed this conversation. Rob Hanfield will also be heading up the Digital Supply Chain Workshop in North Carolina this November. Um, see below for, for details. Um, thanks, Rob. Thank you. Thank you.